Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life. We are convinced that the Bible is God's holy word, perfect and without error. Its perfection delivers what is good and beneficial for those who hear it and heed it. It is perfect for it leads us to the perfect one, the Lord Jesus. He is the bread of life. Let us seek him together through God's word. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. We're in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 13, and this is the second message in God's discipline of his children. You should know that times of discipline are no fun, but actually it's kind of fun to recall them. You get a bunch of grown siblings together recollecting fondly their upbringing, and nine out of ten times, part of what they happily recollect were their times of discipline. It bound them to their parents and to one another. If done right and out of love, discipline always works that way. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you're rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. And for what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather healed. Here's a quick review from what we spoke about last week, because we looked at this passage last week, and let's look here and understand what we said last week. And we started out with this. God has children, and He raises up His children through the grace of discipline. He disciplines his children, and these are the reasons he disciplines his children. He disciplines his children to prevent them from following a course deeper and deeper into sin, and also to prevent them from leading others in that same course. He also disciplines his children to perfect in them the development of his own character, of his own life. Again, he does this to draw them into the experience and the personal expression of behaviors that model and give expression of his own holiness and goodness. Again, he disciplines his children to position them so that they may be able to, before an unbelieving and fallen world, set forth the glory and goodness of God. So here's why God disciplines his children. He disciplines us to prevent us, in a sense, to protect us. He disciplines us to perfect us. He disciplines us to position us for His glory. God is at work pushing His children away from that which harms them and would harm others. And God is at work in His disciplines pressing us into Himself and putting us on display before a fallen world. That was one of the things we spoke about. God has children and God disciplines His children. Here's another thing that we said. We said this. God disciplines His children and He addresses 
the sin in and around their lives, but God doesn't, get this, God does not punish his children. The punishment for our sins fell on the Lord Jesus Christ at the cross, and there all the punishment that our sins deserve was fully satisfied in our place. Now what's left for the child of God is the work of God to draw us away from the harmful aspects of sin that still roil around us and even can be found in our flesh. Punishment is retributional. It's a matter of retribution. Discipline is remedial. It's a matter of correction. God, with the child of God, is not seeking retribution against your sin. He already got that at the cross completely and justly. What God is seeking is correction. What God is seeking is cure from the damaging impact of sin and that it has on your life and the lives of those around you. Finally, we said this. God doesn't discipline everyone because everyone is not his child. You know, a person may think to themselves that The fact that their life is so blessed and they do believe in all these gospel truths, they intellectually embrace them and sentimentally they might even adhere to them. They may think that the blessed nature of their life is evidence that they are a member of God's family and God's child. They have a charmed life. They have the ability to go through the difficulties of life with their head held high and to hold a sense of well-being intact through all of it. But this ability to keep on rolling along with all of the difficulties and trials of life, may not be an expression that you're a child of God. It may actually be just the opposite. Because God disciplines His children. He disciplines those He loves. The individual who does not feel God's hand heavily upon them, bringing them under conviction of their sin, making them feel and sense His grief and His Intense dislike and disdain for those things that don't honor him and bring harm into our lives is probably not a child of God. You may go through life and you may experience the consequences of your sins because sins have consequence. You may experience the setbacks and challenges of living in a fallen world, collateral damage of what other people do. But that happens to everyone around you. Even though you might experience all those things, if you don't recall experiencing God's hand pressing upon you, bringing you into deep contrition and hot grief for your sins, if you don't feel His disciplining and purifying work on your life, if you don't know the experience of the Holy Spirit miseries, if hearing God's voice remanding you and calling you to a right response for His glory, what it may mean is that, well, you're not under discipline. And the reason you're not under discipline is because you're not his child. Because God disciplines those who are his children. And if you're not under discipline for your sins, that only means there's one other alternative for your sins. It's punishment. You're facing punishment for your sins instead. What's the application to all this for us? For all of us who have seen in our life how God has not let us get away. How God has come back at us again and again to refine us and correct us and chasten us. Well, I think it's to praise Him. It's to praise God for His disciplines. It's to rejoice in them. Discipline and God's disciplines are a sign of His love and of our relationship to Him as sons and daughters. And 
Oddly enough, if you were to go back and recollect the disciplines that you received at the hands of your parents, you discover that usually you recollect them with gladness. I'm not speaking here of the child who has been abused by some parent who's been an angry and abusive parent, but I'm saying if you had a parent whose desire was to discipline you because they targeted you, making you a better person. They wanted you to go through the world with success. They did it as an expression of their love for you and their desires for you and their ownership of you because you were their child. Well, then you'll, you'll actually fondly recall and recollect the day of the paddle or the switch or the grounding. You will. It's kind of an interesting thing. You get siblings together, and one of the things they love to laughingly recall or remember are their times of punishment. They'll all talk about how they used to go and you know, when the time came for spankings, how they would, uh, you know, raid their sock drawer and pad their rear ends before they had to go back to the place of correction or, I mean, think about it, really. If you had parents who loved you and their discipline was born out of their love for you, you'll have a fond recollection of their disciplines. Interestingly enough, even the children, when they're young, that don't like to be disciplined, somehow find in the discipline a greater intimacy with the parent that brings it to them out of love. They'll find it for that very reason. They'll appreciate it. But at the time, it, it says, our passage says here in verse 11, now no chastening seems joyful for the present, but painful. <laughs> at the time, it wasn't a pleasant experience. It was an excruciating experience. It was the squaring off of wills, and there was an attempt to somehow placate and Try to draw away the punishment that was coming your way. You know, the worst way that my parents would discipline me, it happened always on Sunday evenings. We had Sunday evening services. I don't know what it was, but it, apparently about 50% of the time, I crossed some border, some boundary. I can't even remember what I did, but I must have done something that was really unkind to pulled some little girl's pigtails. Who knew what I did? Sunday nights, it seemed, was the night that I'd fall for the most discipline, and it worked this way. It was, Joel, go get in the car, and when we get home... You're going to be punished. That was the worst thing in the world because you sat in the car while all the other kids in the church were playing around in the parking lot and running around. You were sitting in the car. And then we lived a long ways away from the church. So you drove home the whole way and you had this kind of little bet you were playing with. Should I, should I just be quiet and not say anything? When we get home, should I tell them? Should I tell him, you know, I'm ready for my spanking? Or should I just hope that he's forgotten together? Maybe I should just pretend I'm asleep. I'm sure he wouldn't wake me up out of my sleep to spank me and... These are the kinds of things you look back with with fondness. It was painful at the time. It was excruciating. But now we see how our parents loved us and how they watched over us and how they sought to shape us. There's our application for us. You ought to rejoice and give praise for God's disciplines in your life. You ought to also recognize something. You are not yet mature. You are still a child of God. And you are still under his disciplines until the day of your perfecting. The day in which you see Jesus and you'll be like him for you'll see him as he is. Until then, until then, he gives himself to discipline us in his love. Let's look at verses 12 and 13 now and let's go through them and consider them. Let me read it to you again. This speaks of a right response to the discipline of God. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. And let's make three observations from these verses. And the first observation is this. We are to respond rightly to God's discipline so that we make the best use of them. We are to respond rightly to God's discipline so as to make the best 
use of them. And again, let me just add something we said last week, and it's this. God is in complete control of every circumstance and situation of your life. As a child of God, God uses all those circumstances and all those situations to bear in upon you His disciplines and His graces to raise you up into maturity. And so, it may be that someone else is causing the problem in your life. It may be over here that there's some horrible, horrific event that's weighing it upon you. It may be that God has given you children that try your soul. It may be that you're losing your job because someone has a prejudice against you because of your faith. It may be that you've got a sickness that you can't overcome. It doesn't matter the circumstance. God is in control. God is sovereign over all these things. And God has one plan for you in the midst of every circumstance and occasion of your life. It's to refine you through His disciplining work to bring you into greater and greater holiness and draw you deeper and deeper into Himself. It's to prevent you from sin. It's to purify you and perfect you. It's to position you so you can give glory to Him. It's to push you away from sin and it's to press you into himself it's god's plan all the time sovereignly all these things and over all the events of your life and so now here's the issue you must respond rightly to the disciplines of god for them to have that effect in your life for the situation and the circumstances of your life to be brought about in a way that has a positive impact on your life you got to have the right response to it Join us again as we consider what is a right way to respond to God's discipline in your life. For now, thanks for listening to the Bread of Life. We take joy in offering to you food from our table. If you want to learn more about our teaching ministry, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until we join again around the Word of God, God bless you.